We're starting in five, four, three, two. Going so wait 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 so uh, snow snow storm snow yep. snowfall yep. what happened? No, it's a and, and I don't throw you know I'm from Northeast Ohio, brother. Like I don't throw around snowstorm a lot. It was a legit storm that happened overnight because last night I was portaling uh, with my family and everybody was like, oh, it's so beautiful. It was a gorgeous gorgeous night last night. I wake up this morning um, after a wonderful slumber. Have you ever just gone to bed at seven and woken up at seven? But who uses the term slumber? Because I feel like anytime it's over 10 hours, you can use the word slumber. Uh, I'll be I, honest with you, I fell asleep in the desert last night here in Phoenix uh, suburbs at, I fell asleep at maybe seven o'clock, woke up at midnight because of a dog, and then uh, was around the house and awake for hours. So oh, go no. ahead. You might the exact opposite. So tell me about slumber. Oh, so I'm in this wonderful slumber. I wake up at seven o'clock. I've slept for 12 hours, which I'd needed at 41 years old after a crazy weekend and uh yeah i mean it's uh i mean i i judge snowstorms on how how quickly even like suvs and things that are kind of built for the snow are moving and everyone was just crawling i would say that even though uh i was one of the first people to work there were people that were 35 or 40 minutes late to work today oh really in a broadcast yeah. situation yeah and the real the the reason that i was a little late jumping on the podcast is because I took a friend to her apartment. She just moved here from London, so she doesn't have the, the her bank account set up for Uber, and uh, she uh, she could not uh, she could not find a way to where she was going. I mean, people were kind of stranded at the station, so I had to take my Challenger, my two wheel drive uh, Dodge Challenger, and I and I and I shepherded people through the madness. <laughs> well, thank goodness for you, Al. Hey man, there, there's still some there's still some good guys out here. Not you're, me, but I'm, I'm sure there's some. You're one. All right. So, what do you do when you're up at midnight? Because uh, it's I feel like sleep is this thing that we all talk about, we all take for granted. But I've seen people in my life that I'm close with, and I don't know if you're one of them uh, that really struggle with sleep. My roommate in college. Uh, was definitely an insomniac. I would get up to take to use the bathroom at three in the afternoon, and I mean, he would just be on his top bunk, s- staring. And I'd be like, "What's up, man?" He'd be like, "What's up?" And then it, it would end my. I think my mom is a. I wouldn't say an insomniac, but I could go into my mom's room at any point in high school. It could be three thirty on a Wednesday morning. I could crack her door, and she'd be like, "What do you need?" When I was way fatter, I could sleep all the time. I huh. could sleep constantly. It was wonderful in those terms. Then when I started exercising more, um, as I got uh, started running and, and all that kind of stuff, then it became I had just energy. And uh, I, I, I guess it was just more fitness. My body wanted to do things. So... Um, it, it was a complete change and that changed my world. I was supposed to feel way better, but now after doing all the jo- jogging and exercise, my joints always hurt cause I'm 45 and right. I took a 25 year break or so. <laughs> you should have a lot of energy stored up. Yeah. You would think that stuff doesn't carry over <laughs> energy. Just you'd think that maybe it does like people try to do that in a week. Like I had a manager at one point that didn't sleep during the week. He'd get emails from him at two in the morning and then he'd be still sending more emails at six in the morning. And then be like, when do you sleep? He'd be like, I sleep on the weekends. I'm like, but that's, I've read about that. That you, you can't catch up on sleep for real like that. It doesn't really work like that. But I thought for some reason that it would work over a decade that I could build up the power right. and use it. But there was just, no, it's it's. I don't have any, uh, any of that. So it, it it now, if I don't exercise during the day, I don't even feel right. I I struggle. I st- That's I where you kind should of be. Sick. That's awesome. I guess I don't know. I don't. I don't feel. I don't. I'm not happy about having to move all the time, and I have a fat face. So people can't even tell. They're like, "Wow, you've lost a lot of weight, except for your face." <laughs> and they'll tell me that like I, because we're comedians people will tell us that kind of stuff they people are way more honest with you when you're it's a comic. the best 
I don't know. It's 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 that whole thing of I have pictures of me and I don't know if we talked about this before. I have pictures of me in great situations like on the Tonight Show sitting next to Tom Cruise and it looks like I'm going to I I think he's a meal. Like a, yeah. like he's so fit and perfect. And like, I will take you. <laughs> so, yeah, it's I I feel like some of the best pictures of my with my kids at the beach have been ruined because somebody got a picture of me holding their hand walking towards the beach from the back. And you just see your back fat, and you're just like, oh, God. Now you don't show it to people because you're a narcissist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's it's just a, it's a completely different world. I'm getting a text what? from my daughter right now. She So she tells – this keeps happening to me, okay? So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be looking at it if it wasn't my daughter. But um, they keep – she keeps having tests that she tells me she fails, and then she gets a 33 out of 34 on. And she has a yeah. Spanish test right now that she got the front of the first page right. And I don't know what is happening after that. That's She's leaving me for a cliffhanger. Um, so we'll see. But I, I, I mean, maybe she'll... I, I just keep telling her, just, you're in seventh grade. Just try. It, whatever you get, it doesn't matter. Just work. I mean, do, do, do you think best. that this might be like a, a precursor? And obviously I'm not trying to scare scare you or anything, but it's something that you have to look for in your kids and see if you can hit things off of the past. Do you think she might be a person that suffers from anxiety? Yeah, my wife is completely suffers from anxiety, so both kids, I think, have some of it. Um, not as not as bad. Like, full-on panic attacks for my wife. Yeah. So, um, we'll see. She And then she said that she thinks that's all she got right was the front page. But oh. she does better. It's amazing. She she was she was working on it and studying it, and she's a smart kid. And it's just even if if she gets a B on it, she gets a B on it. What's the difference? I don't I don't understand this this worrying about if you work hard, that's what you get. Uh, you know that's that's the the level you're at. When you get into high school, it changes a little bit because it starts to count a little bit more. But still, if you work hard and you get the B. That's where you're at. Just to live with it and try and if there's a, the only thing that you can do is study more and see if you felt you didn't study enough, right? Right. So I don't, she beats herself up over this stuff because she's a perfectionist. My son used to get upset when he'd get one wrong on a spelling test. And now he's like, dad, there's no, way I'm getting an A in this class. I'm just going to settle for the 82. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> really? Right. That's where you're I'll at? Keep- that kind of attitude will keep the wrinkles off his face, though. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean maybe what maybe the the attitude that your son has is a better attitude. Maybe obviously he does well in school, but maybe the best type of attitude to approach life with. I think life is such a long haul that, and I'm sure you saw this with guys that you went to high school with. I feel like some people burn themselves out in high school, whether they were the super hot, destined to achieve person or the big-time athlete, or the big-time test taker, I got to get into Harvard or my mom's going to kill me. I just think that that you have a certain amount of just uh, just a certain amount of, excuse my language, uh, Fs to give. You know, you can fill that right. word well, it's in. Kinda, it's kind of like what they do in, in sports now, right? The NBA – the, the the they they start out okay, but they don't really care until they get hot at the end of the season. The Golden State right. Warriors doesn't matter. The the, um, the the New England Patriots doesn't matter. They just get hot at the right time. If you're if you're super, if you burn out in high school, and you've done everything you can, and then you get into the most difficult college, and you don't have that effort to give anymore, what what good is it? Because you, you're not going to try. And my son is the type of person where he he works hard enough most of the time so he's not trying to get any further than that yeah but i mean until he finds that thing that he's super passionate about i was looking at you again and you were so still i thought we'd lost i thought i'd lost when you dropped out <laughs> you were so still there was nothing but uh so go ahead i'm sorry no, it's uh, you, you know I, I I think when you find that thing you're super super passionate about, you're like this is the thing, and I think I staggered around life until I was 26 or 27, until I found stand up, and then once I started doing it more and more, I was like, oh, this is this is the thing, and I, uh, you know, I don't know if everybody's gonna find that. I think a lot of people have probably found that and don't even acknowledge it. I think if there if there's a guy that 
that tinkers around in his yard or his garage or, you know, is constantly, you know, planting things and reposting fences. He might not realize that, like, his job is whatever, but his real passion is gardening and, 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 and landscaping. But he's Saturday, no matter, you know, rain or shine, I'm out there. It's like you're lucky you found your thing. And whether you make one nature thing or not is irrelevant. Yeah, I wasted all of high school. I wasn't. He's way smarter than I was, or is way smarter than I was. And it's it's that it's that element of he's and he's pretty good in reading, but his math is crazy. Like he's in he's in pre calc, which is a junior level honors pre calc as a freshman, which I as a junior was probably and I was probably in that as a senior. I was on the average track, and. It was way easier back then, too. Like, you look at the classes the kids are taking now, and and some high schools. I know it's not every high school, but it's unbelievable the the intricacies and the the specialization they have in classes in the district around here and the different high schools is incredible. It's insane. There's we had like photography and in that type of stuff. They have robot building two o two and. It's like that specific. You're not just doing te- technology. You're actually building the robot. All right. It's it's pretty crazy. Well, I think these high schools feel like they have to do it to keep themselves competitive. You know, if you, yeah, if I you have think a good, yeah, yeah. If you if you want to stay, if you want to keep your district making money, you want to attract wealthy families that know that they're sending their kids to a good pipeline of schools where where they're like, I can plop down when you know. Uh, my kids in 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 uh, they in the elementary school and have them go straight through without having to send them to private school. And the way you do that is you have really advanced curriculum, and that's but, the way that yeah. And I think nice you hit it. I think you hit it on that. Intel is right here, so yeah. Intel has all the engineers, and they have some. So there is some, I think, uh, donating that goes on, but there are also the number. I believe the number one high school in the country is here this basis if you ever heard of basis no it's 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 fully i think it's funded completely it might be it's a charter but it's it's not it's like the charter of all charters right everybody's two grades ahead in everything type of a thing and they teach you to ace all the tests and five hours of homework a night that kind of a thing so something that my kids my daughter might be into that but my son definitely wouldn't and and she would go crazy trying to do it it's it's not even but i think if they i think of middle school grade school to me you try you work as hard as you can but you get a basis for what you're going to do later and don't stress yourself out too much she wants to have a 4.0 all the way through and Sometimes it's just, my son got one B in a Spanish class and he had an 89.9 in the Spanish class and the teacher gave him a B. He went in to talk to her about something and the teacher said, well, you were talking during class and if you're not going to be a friend to me, I'm not going to be a friend to you. And I said, Joe, it doesn't matter. Don't even worry about it. Who cares? If yes. And then you guys both went and flattened her tires. Uh, no, I just walked away. I just, I, I've had enough dealings with uh some babe like the i get flustered sometimes it's just it's life and if somebody doesn't like you and the what that's the way you feel we talked about that like a maybe last time you were talking about you're a teacher and you do have your favorites he can be a pain yes. in the butt sometimes i know that but somebody who's and it was a life lesson uh, but i i unfortunately i think it made him just not care anymore <laughs> like you can go to one of two ways go f- and become the fighter and now you're the underdog and everything you never want that to happen again so you, you could be like tom brady who's always with the patriots saying we don't everybody tells us we can't win or you could just be the browns for the last few years until now you know it's that oh just give up right. we're not going to do it anyways doesn't matter let's kind of- let's just quit yeah, yeah. Of, I, I mean, you know, Raiders, I told you man. that was one of the. <laughs> there's a little Gruden. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I. Uh, you know, one of the reasons, one of the things that got me out of teaching is honestly, I looked around at a lot of the teachers that I was teaching with at the time. No disrespect, no names, but I saw that they genuinely did not like the kids. Yeah, name. And them. I was let's, like, let's I play don't a game th- where you name them. Let's say yes. <laughs> no, no. lawsuit. 
Now, um, you know, I, 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 I know it's hard. It's hard to like the kids, though, too. Don't you think I've seen I they're went seventh to talk, grade. They're jerks. And it's it's tough. I went and talked to some of the the kids at, at high school in the acting class. The, the teacher had me come in and some kids raring to go really wanted to be there. Couldn't wait to hear what I had to say. Some never looked up. It was very it was such a different world between kids it was amazing to me and then when i started working with them because they were doing sketches uh from Sarah live and key and peel and stuff like that and i knew how to help them morph and do these characters then it was fun to, to turn some of them but some of them still just didn't really care it was just whatever i'm never gonna i don't i'm just in this class to to get through the day yeah, I mean, you start to see those personalities start to form, and I mean that that might be until they find their thing, might be their personality. I think there is something to show the world like you're angry by saying, "Man, I don't care about this. I don't care." Oh, we have a guy from Mad TV showing us how to do sketches. Whatever, dude. Like, it's like, <laughs> all right, you know, some people being too cool for anywhere that they are is their personality. That's their hook. That's their shtick. That's called LA. Uh, so. Yes. <laughs> that's, the problem. Went, that's the thing I always had with comedy in L.A. Like you go up and you do those showcase nights. So people who don't know, like when you go on the road, you do stand-up comedy and you're, you're there for the night. Essentially, it's you, maybe two other people for a full show. In L.A., you do showcase types of things where you just go up and do five or ten minutes. There's a bunch of industry. And everybody in the room asks like they've seen it all before and they probably have. And it just is no... Yeah basis it's no um it's not a microcosm of the country and how the country might react uh it's more of just how people a lot of jaded people who see something that amazes them they they find they wake up and they're like what was that i've got to find out who that person is yeah that's a, it's a it's a weird thing and i mean i think that in la you're taught to adopt a personality about who you're going to be and maybe you're the the fast talking networking guy. And I think Midwestern guys, we just kind of show up like, Hey, what the, all right, uh, where do I stand to do my jokes? I don't, I never, I think I was maybe even too naive when I moved to LA about like the people that would be in the audience. I just did my stuff. And I think that helped me not be as nervous as I probably should have. Yeah. So what do you got for, uh, you got some stories today? You had some stuff. We I, were, I, I, I have some stories and, uh, you know, we kind of teased it, uh, the, the last time I was, uh, no, I think we were just texting personally and you, uh, you asked, we tease each other yes, with it. There's, there's a lot of teasing going on kids, but yeah, you saw, um, my DJ tractor turntable set up and you asked me what that is. Yeah. Well, and we I, have to get a still of that and put it on the, yes, uh, we, on we'll YouTube. put it on our YouTube page and on our Instagram, uh, which will be going shortly. Can everybody see this show and tell with the up class? A little bit. Oh, look what Al has. <laughs> Al's got turntables. Oh, kids, yes. Um, yeah, I just started uh, DJing. Uh, first of all, I'm a lover of music. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, you, you are DJing professionally I, now? I, I have, or I semi-pro? Semi-pro. I have my first real gig next Tuesday, so I'm nervous already. Wait, how did that come about? How do you just all of a sudden have a DJ gig? I know a guy that has a bar, and I was like, can I come in and spend during happy hour and get good? And he's like, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. I thought like you were already doing somebody's wedding or something. Oh, absolutely. I would never. <laughs> no, you're going to. Was... That's going to be, that'll be a lot of fun when we have you out doing a wedding. Yeah, I'll do a wedding. Give me a year. I can, I can put on some, um, some electric slide. We'll be fine. <laughs> but yeah, I just, uh, I, I, I wanted to, to start doing different stuff. And then you asked me, you were like, are you having a midlife crisis? And I laughed and I was like, I don't know. Am I? Uh, I, I do drive a sports car. <laughs> uh, I'm DJing, uh, you know, I, but at the same time, I, I wonder what's the difference between a midlife crisis and then you being at a point in your life where you can start to do and get into the things that you're into. You know, I don't, I don't know what's the difference. It's like, everybody's like, Oh, look, that 40 year old guy's got a Corvette. We get it old man. It's like, well, I wanted it at 22. Right. You know, but now I can afford a Corvette now. So I don't know. Is that what you have? What, no, no, no. I have a Dow Challenger. Oh, the which, okay. You yeah, see. which I love. But it's, and I don't, I don't know if it's a midlife crisis car, but it's borderline. Borderline. But I just like, I like muscle cars. Yeah. 
because you're the muscle car of podcasters. <laughs> That's right. So I don't know. Have you? Do you? Do you what think a, you've ever? A, what am I? A small SUV? I'm going through Are the you... rental agreement. <laughs> what I am right now? I'm trying to think what I would be because I'm not. I'm, I'm I'm like a small wide car, but uh, I'm not. Definitely not. Uh, yeah, I'm one of those weaker SUVs. That's what I am. All right, what are you going to yeah, say? But, yeah, no, I'm just saying, so do you think you've ever gone through a midlife crisis? And do if you were, I mean, because I think a midlife crisis, in my opinion, the word crisis is the big part in terms of like you blow your marriage up and run away with your secretary and like that kind of thing. But I think I've observed men that I know do that too. I think that a lot of times, and I'd love to get your opinion on this, I think guys especially from a couple generations back when you you weren't able to kind of choose your own adventure and drive Uber half the time and try and be an actor and also work at your dad's firm. Like back in the day, you just had a job your whole life, right? Well, even before you back in the G- day, you had two jobs, right? You had two jobs. I remember people talking about, like my grandpa talking about working this job and then doing that. And that's how people would get by is working multiple jobs. Um, and some people do that now, but it, I think it was... It was assumed that that's what you had to do at one point early on. And, and then as life, like careers got better for people and there were more opportunities that people could do the one job and and get by or a dual parent uh, uh, households. Both parents have jobs that that changed a lot of things, too. Um, so where where were you going with that? I started thinking about in my head. And no, sure. well, I I mean I, I I like that, but maybe I think the midlife crisis that we used to define a midlife crisis was, and I think I saw this with a with a man that was in my life for a while, not my father, but a man that was in my life is just like I feel like he felt like from age eighteen when he entered the military till he got out and he worked for a government service for the government civil service for 35 years. He was being told what to do every single day. He had kids, he had a wife and he had a schedule. And I feel like I watched a man completely rebel against that in every way in that, like he left his wife. He got with a girl that was no lie, Frank, 35 years, his senior. Awesome. 38, awful, 38 awful, years. Awful. Oh, okay. I mean, awful. I said awesome. I meant awful. And the, pers- then proceeded to obviously get bilked out of his money by said youngster. And I think you, I looked at him and I was just like, it's weird to see somebody that's n- never missed a day of work in f- f- 50 some years have nothing to show for it. And I wonder if it's because he just snapped and he was like, if one more ter- person calls me and reminds me that I need to bring lasagna home, if one more person calls me and reminds me that the 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 lawn needs to be mowed or somebody needs to be picked up, I'm going to snap. And I felt like it was a complete abandonment of responsibilities as opposed to you and I. I mean, if you just wanted to, to if you would have taken an interpretive dance class right now because you thought it would help you your stress level, I mean, I don't know if that counts the same as like you not talking to your children for a year. Right. Well, everybody deals with something, deals with things differently. I think I've talked to a couple of friends that are about the same age and everybody goes through this lack of creativity. You look at your life and say, hey, I'm not, I don't feel creative anymore. I've lost that completely. I don't have it at work. I don't have it at home. And then you try and find yourself again. And some people just realize they aren't happy and haven't been happy doing what they're doing and their personality is, well, I just need to run away from me. I could, I don't right. think I could ever, I don't think I could ever do that. I, I don't, I mean, I get frustrated at times. I think everybody does, but I also feel like, um, Hey, overall it could be way worse. That's that grass is always greener thing. I, I think I'm very lucky and, 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 have a lot of fun as much as my kids might spend time not talking to me at times. Um, (laughs) And when I do want to spend some time with them, 
I want I cherish the moments that I have with them because they're 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 still having some fun with me. My son will send me uh, like I can sit there and talk to try and talk to my son for ten minutes. Nothing will come out of his mouth. He'll just be staring at me, and then I'll get a text from his room uh, about something. Like in the same house, text from his room about something Adrian Wojnarowski just uh, tweeted out about the NBA or Adam Schefter about the NFL. I'm like we couldn't just talk about this. He's like, "What just happened?" I'm like, "We want to talk about it." No. <laughs> like, all right. Yeah. So, thanks for texting. Great. Like if if I ha- if I was following those same guys and had my notifications on, I could get that too. He's just a, <laughs> he's just a what's it called. Um, when when they would do that at the uh, Herald, what's the what's the person and out in the here come one come all the, ta- the, town, the town crier, crier? yeah yeah town I was thinking John Crier <laughs> who could have played a great town crier in any movie so yeah, right? I'll give you some on that all right now Frank I want to switch gears a little bit and ask you I, I talked to you uh, a little bit about my man Brokaw Tom Brokaw the broke. That's not his nickname. Uh, having a problem, to Tom Brokaw in the news. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, you are having a problem. Um, or is it? Um, Tom Brokaw was recently uh, cited on, I believe it was Meet the Press. Let me make sure. Yes, it was Meet the Press. Um, he said something regarding Hispanics. And Frank, I'm just going to hit you with it. And I'd just like to hear your opinion. And then we'll have a little chit chat. Um, what Mr. Brokaw says is, this is him speaking about Hispanics. You know, they ought not just be codified in their communities, but make sure that all their kids learn to speak English and that they feel comfortable in the communities, uh, he said during Sunday segment. And it's going to uh, take outreach on both sides, uh, Republican and Democrat, frankly. Um, and then he had later issued a, uh, some people obviously wrote in saying, what does that mean? And he then responded, I never intended to disparage any segment of our rich, diverse society, which defines who we are. Um, And he also uh, went on to say, uh, we also need to just define, uh, we need to adjust what we think of as what America looks like. Um, So this, uh, this, this uh, meant a lot to me. uh, I've experienced, you know, living in Miami for many years uh, I had direct experience with this, but I, I wanted to know what do you what what do you think as you hear those those statements? Well, I think the first thing that I hear is a blanket statement, and anytime somebody gives, I'm doing broke call without even trying. Uh, <laughs> anytime someone gives a blanket statement, there seems there's going to be. You can't. That's that's the that's the issue I have there. I believe people can. I should have opinions, even if they're wrong opinions. You can't just go, and that, who am I to say what's wrong? I, I, that's another thing. I, I, I probably have to be careful about how I say that. Even his statement was very blanket and seemed like it was toward everyone. Like anybody who is from a different country that might be a Spanish-speaking country, um, and comes here isn't doing isn't having some sort of assimilation um and it seemed to set up a lot of generalizations that i think he has in his mind and if he has those and he he said something like that i think that's the time to have the conversation not to go after somebody um to 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 have a discussion and say well why do you have these feelings and then go from there as opposed to attacking right away. And everybody attacks right away. And that was my initial instinct. I, I And going back and I saw something on Twitter and I never believe anything 100% that comes on Twitter. because You I, don't. I know, right? It's immediate. People jump to conclusions. And what I saw was what you said, uh, what you quoted there. I think it was a poor... It was... It, Listen, I don't want to put it in the full-on Trumpian type of thing, but that's what Donald Trump does at times, is he will make a blanket statement about people, and it's the negative part, or what could be taken as the negative part first, and then say, and there's also a possibility of something good from these people. And you're just going, well, you missed... <laughs> what? 
That's the, maybe you should have lead, started lead there. with that. <laughs> lead lead yeah. with it like doing it like a business letter, right? Like when you don't like something and you people used to write letters to the airlines and say this is what happened to me. You start with something. This part of the service was fantastic, but then this happened. So you get somebody to listen and know you're not just telling all your hate first and that's all it's going to be. Have some sort of icebreaker that gets you into it. So I I'm 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 looking forward to hearing what you have to say. Well, you know, I, I experienced this uh, on both sides. You know, when I, I remember um, when I first went, I lived in Miami for almost 10 years, I taught middle school in Miami. So I, uh, I would say I have a pretty, pretty decent experience with this. Uh, you know, the first time I went to go get my license in, in Miami, uh, I was told to come back because no one, uh, there were only a couple of people that weren't at lunch and the two people that weren't at lunch didn't speak English very well. And this is an American city. I had to leave and come back. Uh, but at the same time, you know, when I get to when I get to Miami, I I then uh, automatically have a lot of friends of Hispanic descent, and they talk about it too. They're like, "Yeah, you know what? My auntie came here when she was fifty five. Uh, she she you know she shops at a Hispanic grocery store. She watches nothing but." Hispanic television doesn't speak a lick of English. And I think that's when people go, see, that's why people need to assimilate. But I think if you think about whoever your family is that came over from the old country, whether they spoke, spoke Hungarian or German, it's harder for you to, to learn to assimilate to a new culture the older you get. But And so I would even have parents at my parent-teacher conferences that needed their kids to translate because that's how quickly – assimilation takes place literally in one generation oh yeah the kids I, I, all the kids yeah, the, the kids go the quickly. kids are beyond fluent that's not even that would be offensive to say hey, you're fluent in english i'd be like of course i am what are you talking about so like you it, within one generation you do have uh kids that are american and and america is just we are this this, this country and for as much as we do have our our racial and religious and gender bias like when we go overseas, if you walk into a bar, they'd be like, hey, what's up, Frank? There are two Americans that just walked in. And you don't know what you're going to see when you get over there. There could be two white girls from the University of Kansas or a black guy and his, and his Asian girlfriend from, uh, from Boston. So you just don't know. But like we're all American. And like you do see that American culture and American values are immediately instilled in the generation uh, that was born here. So I think what he's saying is he, it, it sounds like a little bit of an older um, shot at an older demographic that he's taking. Whether it's a shot or not, I don't even yeah, want to waste it, my time. Yeah, it's a shot. A, I think common, it's just a commentary on, uh, yeah. you know. But I, I don't think younger, younger Hispanic Americans, uh, it, it's, it's even a thought. They're just like, yeah, you know, it's you know, they 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 still represent their their culture and their heritage, and they're very proud. But at the same time, at the end of the day, they're American and they probably will speak English as a first uh, language in their house. So, I mean, it's just kind of the transition that well, people have when they move to a new land. Yeah. Well, this is a, I think it's sometimes it's about if people feel and w whether they have the right not to do this. If there's an effort put forth, um, they get flustered when people don't have the don't put that effort forth. But I've talked to my kids about this as well in terms of. You talk to your friends differently than you talk to, and this is a much easier case. So don't don't get me wrong on this. I'm not making a direct parallel, but you talk to your friends differently than you talk to a teacher, differently than you talk to your parents. We all have different parts of ourselves that we use and assimilate in situations every day. Would you agree? Yes. And you just do that. Because now a, a full other language, obviously much more difficult. And sometimes I think people put that all in the same big tub and mix it, mix it around in their head. And that's, that's the same thing. But like you said, you made a great point, which I wasn't even thinking of at, at first, the older, you know, older people who come here, that's the people that, you know, advertisers won't even advertise to anymore because they feel they're never going to change their minds on what products they use. So if they're not going to change That's their minds perfect, on products, example. why are they going to change their minds on, um, uh, on, on the language they're going to speak? Because they already know how to speak that language. At and the same time... We, would be the, we, we do the same thing. If you and I move to Germany, I feel like if you and your kids move to Germany and your wife, your wife and yourself would be in the room watching American sitcoms 
on Hulu and you're, you're, if I thought I was going to be there for an extended period of time, I I would learn German. I I would, I would, I would, I would, I would think I would have to, I would, because if you were in a, then you could never go outside of your little community. If you were fine with that, I guess there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Why, why should there be anything wrong? But if you want to live in that little bit of a bubble, which you're, and I believe you're entitled to, but if you want to go outside that, that becomes something else. I mean, if you're, if you go to Japan, you're going to speak Japanese, right? You would need to, if you're going to, go- I would guess that there's, I would say that there's probably a lot of expats over there and different stash all over the world. I mean, you've done shows and there's, there's American stash everywhere. Right. And wherever you are, there's an American bar there that serves hamburgers and fries. And they play Toby Keith on the jukebox, even though the, you're in the middle of downtown Singapore, because they know there are people that just want that familiarity. Right. But do they want the familiarity or do they just live in that little tunnel? I, 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 don't, I don't know. I, I, and I don't know. I haven't been in that situation, so I don't know which person I would be. But again, I'm not passing any kind of judging. I'm just trying to look and see how people you know what how people would react in those situations if i were older and didn't care i would be telling people i hate you you know at a certain point that's what i'm just going to do not not to full groups of people don't get me wrong (laughs) but like if somebody says something of you you know how old people do that they just say what's on their mind so these people just happen to be doing it in spanish that's right yeah and i mean i think it has to do with how uncomfortable you're willing to be the more comfortable you want to be, you and your wife will stay at home and watch American shows. You'll stream the NFL. You'll, uh, you know, you'll go to American bars when there's an American act in downtown Berlin. That's when you'll go out. Uh, but you know, because that's how comfortable you want to be. You're like, I don't want to learn, and I don't get that language and the intonation, and I don't know if it's masculine or feminine when I'm talking. I don't want to be bothered. See, or, I have, uh, okay, I'm sorry. No, I was just gonna say, or you have the other way, where for two years, two or three years, you're kind of slow asking somebody where the bookstore is and you get confused with the cab driver because he takes you to the wrong place. But after three years, now you're like, hey, all right, I'm kind of getting this. You're starting to get humor. You're starting to be able to crack jokes. You can uh, translate for your friends when they come to visit. But it did take, it would take probably a three-year period of you being uncomfortable yeah. almost on a day-to-day basis. So it's, it's about, I think it's about what you want to deal with. But I also don't think it's, it's, I a prejudice or a racist kind of thing when somebody it, it might have a generalization and they're wrong an opinion or they're an older school like if you look if you go to disney world and you see on the rides that it's written in english and spanish and you say uh and you go your, and your feeling is they shouldn't write this in Spanish. What? What? Why are they doing that? That I think could border on racism or his racism, right? Yeah. But if you yes. go and you say, "Well, it's in Spanish," oh, that's that's good. And you're looking at it and going, "How many people need Spanish?" And you're asking questions. I don't think that's racist. You're just wondering. And the truth is the dollar speaks, right? So there must be enough people coming there that speak Spanish that they put it in Spanish and they put right. it, they put it in German uh, or whatever. But at a certain point, you can't put every language on there. You can't do it. And to, to say that you should, I think is impossible to, 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 to do that as well. Does that make sense? Yes. I mean, that that's that's inclusion at the risk of lunacy. Right. I mean, I don't I don't know how many languages there are, but there are a lot. And I guarantee you someplace like Disney, uh, you might say, well, that's not right. They should include everybody. Disney is a business. They are an unfeeling, unloving, cold business. They have a team of market researchers that do a breakdown, uh, an ethnic breakdown of everybody that comes. OK, we have. 64% of our clientele is American. 20% is is is, is Jap- Japanese. 6% is German. 4% is Hispanic. 3% is Arabic. And they figure out and tailor to those people according to those percentages. If they had two straight years where Arabic, where Arabic was the dominant thing, you would have uh, Disney Arabic on ice in a second. They're just worried about the bottom <laughs> okay. line. They right. don't, it's not. Perfect. So now that there was a story that was something like this, uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago, somebody got injured in some type of situation. And the, the, this, this 
fits in what we're talking about. If you want to live in your bubble, it, you can. And then when you get out, go outside the bubble, I believe it was Spanish that it wasn't written in, but somebody got hurt on a ride at some place. It was an amusement park of some sort. And it wasn't written in Spanish. And then they're suing because it wasn't written in Spanish. And that becomes to me like, I don't know. That's kind of a gray area. Am I crazy on that? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm I mean, thinking what, that. So if you hurt yourself in any place that doesn't have the language, I mean, Disney did not recruit them to come there. I'm right. assuming they went right. on there and went on their own is, behest. The point is that the bubble that I'm talking about, if you want to go outside that bubble and you eventually will want to, I think, then you have to realize, maybe you don't have to realize, but it makes it easier for you to be able to communicate and stuff like that. So if you, if I said that I wanted somebody who doesn't speak English, and this could be German, it could be French, whatever, and they don't speak, I say, man, I, you really should try and learn some of it because you you might run into a situation where you need that some. And if you're just so hell bent on not doing that at all, okay, you have every right, I believe, to do that, but it's going to be difficult for you. Right. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a matter of like. Do your your principles, whether they be faulty or not, are they enough for you to 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 sit down on them? Like I've heard of some people that were like yeah, to the day my grandfather. Uh, I have a friend of mine who's a physician, and they told me that they had a patient that definitely had uh, uh, an acute form of cancer. I'm trying to keep this as vague as possible, and the patient said that he didn't want. Uh, a woman of color, I'm using better terms than he did, um, touching him. And he chose to be, uh, he chose to go without treatment and he passed away. And I was like, if you're willing to die for it, I think every black person would be like, hey, I salute you, bro. You, you, you're going to take that to the grave? You really meant that. He really like, some people are just like, these yeah, are I mean, my values and the, I you, believe you, this. Unfortunately, and to have rights he has the right to to do that. It's the silliest. For yes. me, I would want the best person, uh, and I uh, I don't care who that person is. I want the best person, whether it's the best person uh, in the world or available to me at my uh, price range. Yes, in in the room right there. Yes, whoever. I, like that's that's crazy that somebody has that much hatred for somebody with different skin color. <laughs> it's how you can hate genetics that much. Uh, think think about this. Somebody just told you you had cancer, and your first thought is like, "This black person, oh my god!" Like I would think cancer would be the only word you would hear in that sentence. But uh, yeah, it's, racism it's trumps cancer. It does. Did I lose you? Yeah, I'm recording now. That's uh, we uh. We did an extra five hours that nobody's <laughs> ever going to see. The magic of editing is that it'll just white flash in. Or like superhero, like the super friends. Are you a super friends guy? I was, yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice. Just Such an iconic phrase. That was so great. Where do we go next? So we were uh, we, we we learned that racism trumps cancer, right? That's uh that that was true. okay. Well, let's uh let's talk about this, Frank. Super Bowl week. <laughs> I, like, I love how you start, you start new topics with my name, Frank. <laughs> like that's, to that's how you turn the page. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I'm excited. To... Go ahead. I'm just gonna say, man, it's it's Super Bowl week. Uh, I went to the Super Bowl last year. That was awesome. What and it's you know I don't know if you're a Super Bowl party at your house kind of guy, but let's say it wasn't at your house. What kind of Super Bowl party do you think you would gravitate towards? Assuming that you are going to go with your wife, because you have to factor that in, because it can't just be guys breaking right. the game down. But at the same time, you don't want to go to. Have you ever gone to a Super Bowl party and no one's watching the Super Bowl? And it's that's, maddening. That's about 80% of them. That's, yeah. Now, Tom Brokaw would ask, what language are they speaking? <laughs> um, <laughs> are they going to be speaking in Spanish all the time? Uh, 
Well, I like a laid back Super Bowl party with brats and Midwestern kind of comfort food. That's probably, but I, I, I don't like a lot of people and that you can, and that phrase can be used any way you think about it. Right. Um, I don't like to be in a, a large group for the Super Bowl. Maybe at most 15 people hanging out, uh, maybe 10, but I would rather it be way laid back and I know everybody because I don't want people asking me about stand-up comedy at a Super Bowl party when I'm trying to watch the Super Bowl. I actually do like watching the Super Bowl and I've been to a few Super Bowls working for Fox and ESPN and I much prefer watching it on television to be honest with you because when you go to the game, you miss everything else that everybody's talking about because talk, the game is about I would say 25% of what people talk about the next day. It's the commercials. It's the broadcasters. It's the halftime show. None of that. You really get the same kind of experience as people watching television. When you're there, you might see Katy Perry coming in on a giant unicorn and be part of that experience. But if people you take saw enough it drugs, TV, you can see that at home, right? You can, <laughs> uh, where did they get the drugs? I'll tell you. <laughs> um, sorry, just <laughs> going from voice to voice. Where... <laughs> See how they work in and they can do I'm like a producer button. Like the producer <laughs> on the radio station can just press a button and something comes in. And that's where it is. Um, that's my that's my Super Bowl part. I don't drink. So I don't like to be around a lot of people who do drink a lot. Because if they do, then I have to drive them home. I have to be uh, the babysitter. And I have no interest in any of that. I want to be a place where my kids, although my kids have filthy mouths now. So it used to be that I didn't want to be around people who talked like regular people. They would be more fake proper during that situation. But um, yeah, how about you? Oh, man, it's, uh, you know, I went to the Super Bowl last year. And then the year before, I went to this really fancy party in in uh, in Echo Park in LA and I just don't it was such a production then there were so many people there moving walking across the screen and it's like uh, you know at first it was a blowout it was like 28-3 that was a Falcons uh Pets um you know and then you 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 felt it changing but I re I remember even watching that incredible game looking around at people and being like how are you guys not this is one of the greatest collapses in NFL history. And just, you know, at that point, people are hammered. You know, I, where, whose cars, whose cars behind mine? I, I, it's like, you know, it's third and four. Oh, it's good that you're parked in. Let me just say that. <laughs> yes, it's good that you're driving, ma'am. But, uh, yeah, like you said, I kind of I kind of do gravitate towards, um, uh, you, you know, the 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 diehards slash casual fans, because I'll tell you who I don't want in my Super Bowl party is the guy that's there eating and drinking and taking advantage of everything, but then is too cool for it and just like, oh, is this the game where the men have on the tight pants and they kick the ball? What is this? Okay. Uh, I get it. And then you tackle him because you're mad at him. And it's just like, I don't Wait, like you've actually had this. <laughs> oh, my God. That is like, go on Twitter the day of the Super Bowl and just see what you see. It's going to be so many people that are just like, apparently today's a big day for some people. I don't I don't get it. It's just it's just men tackling each other. So if that's what you're into, it's like I, it's like somebody's always got to you know, do the Everybody Lucy hates Charlie everything. Yeah. I mean, everything, dude. Everything. Yeah. I've been I've been looking at less and less Twitter over the years. I used to look at it so much, but and I was one of those people who used to just tweet out angry, mean things, especially during football games. I think I've told you this before because I'd gained so many followers just being snarky and I saw it happening in real life. But I yeah, I only take that stuff for Twitter as uh Jason Whitlock says, if you've ever watched uh, him and uh, Marcellus Wiley, Twitter Twitter isn't the real world. It's uh, there's it's so much just an echo chamber for people to be heard and and congratulated on thinking the same way. It's never it's not about discussion. I don't know how you could have a discussion 140 characters or less, but 
yeah. So my Super Bowl party is a laid back party, some decent food. If I'm trying, and I'll try to eat better during the week so I can pig out a little bit if that's the situation, and uh, and really dig, dig into the food and enjoy the food for that day. But it's the whole, it's the whole thing, and I want it to be laid back. That's me. I don't want. Well, they- I, I couldn't imagine get waiters and stuff like people. Oh, this place had probably it it was catered. I mean, it had a staff of eight to 10 people working in this place. And yes, it does sound cool. And it visually is like, wow, what a house. But I just remember thinking like, I'd rather be. But that's like with- going to a sporting event. Yes. It's not, it's not going to a sporting event. It's going to, it's participating in a viewing extravaganza. <laughs> I was in a place to be seen and the Super Bowl happened to be on. Yeah, that's what that that's that's I don't enjoy that. Kind of, and I don't do that kind of stuff at all. I I'm, I did a little bit when I used to be in L.A. and I couldn't even stand that. But I don't go to places to be seen. I go to places um, to because I want to be there and it, it's a fun situation. And I don't go to a lot of places because I have that at home. That's awesome. Man, how many people can say that? Yeah. Man, you, you you said something that kind of sparked my interest. I'm sure a lot of our listeners would like to know the answer to this as well. You said you don't um, you don't eat crazy during the week if you know you want to pick out at the Super Bowl. What was the was there an exact moment where you were like, I'm gonna start changing the way I eat and exercise, and then like, what's a good day of eating for Frank? Uh, I just, I saw some of those pictures, like I said, with the Tom Cruise stuff and other Halle Berry, I'm sitting next to Halle Berry and all these people that are obviously taking care of themselves very well around a bunch of professional athletes. And I just, at one point said, and it helped on TV too. And I wanted to be alive for my kids, but it helped because I always look like a, I do an impression of somebody like George W. Bush back in the day, and I look like he got stung by a bee and had an allergic reaction. <laughs> the wigs, like my head would actually get so fat that the wigs would tighten up. It look like they're that you're putting a rubber band around a grape or something. Yeah, that's, just, that's that's a time where your your body's telling you, like, we need to change something here. Yeah, so, but I just wanted to get more fit and... Uh, I just made a decision and and went for it. It's what I tend to tend to do. I will make decisions in life and then try and make. But right now, eating, I try to eat more chicken right now. That's the protein I'm trying to eat. You more salad. Say that because I'm on the podcast. I don't know what you mean. Uh, <laughs> I do. Here we go. So do I. I think I heard nothing wrong with Tom Brokaw. I think he did a tremendous job. <laughs> This is where Alan Frank tried to be serious and lost it. But at least we set ourselves up as decent people first before I started getting myself in trouble. Um, Where was I? Uh, Oh, so I I try and eat better. uh, That type of stuff. Um, Less carbs, uh, more... Not no carbs, but just try... But here's the problem. I'll I'll get through the day... I swear I've told you this before. I get through the day and I'll I'll be at eighteen hundred calories with two hours left, and I'll see cake and I'll eat half the cake. You know, now I put yeah. another two thousand calories. Now I'm at what? What did I say? Eighteen hundred, thirty-eight hundred calories, and all that sugar at the end of the day. So I I I, I try to throughout the day take little treats and I'll eat little bits because I feel like you can burn that stuff whether you can or not. I don't know. But then I don't feel like picking out at the end of the day. So things in moderation, like they say, seem to work decently. Now I'm salivating because you you got me talking about food. Um, yeah. But what about what about you? Do you have some sort of diet you you stick to, or I don't know. Well, I just stopped drinking my face off, and that helped. Uh, for for me, I saw a picture of myself on my agent's boat, and. <laughs> Wait, look- wait a second. Wait a second. I, I what I pictured in that sentence was there was a picture. Your face was on the the front of the boat, like <laughs> a poster of your face on the boat. No, you, no, you were on the agent's boat. You were standing on, yeah, agent, just on the bow or, or whatever, just leaning against okay. the, you know. And I was just like, I looked like a sack of chewed bubble gum. And I also want to know who else your agent is representing that they have a boat. <laughs> yes. 
Uh, well, it was his, it was his father-in-law's boat. Okay. Uh, yeah, but it was uh, it was in, in just from there, I was just like, oh no, because you can kind of, you know, guys with the way our clothes fit, you can kind of throw a, sh- a shirt on and be like, oh, my shoulders look okay in this, and I look our, but like you know, like if you lift it up, there's a world of hurt under there. Yeah. Like that was uh, yeah. So I was just like, let me just start. So I just I really didn't realize that all the stuff I kind of like. And Frank, I'm sure you're the same way because we've just been killed with comedy club food is I don't crave junk food because that's all I ate for seven years as a young comic coming up was just wings and quesadillas and fries and, you know, the, the hush, whatever kind of fried crap they gave to the comics to keep us upright. For I the have show. a problem with the quesadillas. <laughs> Are you obsessed with quesadillas, Frank? Uh, uh, no, I'm sorry. Just Brokaw just keeps coming out, and he's just saying well, terrible things. Just uh, can I can I talk to Tom Brokaw about quesadillas? Because Mr. Brokaw, <laughs> I, just, I just want to tell you something. I feel like quesadillas are the most efficient food in the American landscape. You can make them quickly. They're consistently good. They have cheese. You can put anything you want in them, and they're ready in four minutes. Uh, what as do you have to say? As long as you're Mr. trying Brokaw? other foods, I'm fine with it. You just can't eat quesadillas constantly. <laughs> if you eat quesadilla after quesadilla, you eventually become what you eat, and you become a quesadilla. <laughs> if I have to go out, that's fine. I'll, I'll just go out. <laughs> the man, the man loved his quesadillas. <laughs> but yeah, man, just just trying to be more active, and like you said, just being around. I want to be around for my kids. It's it's weird. I wonder if we didn't have children, what incentive we would have. <laughs> I just be like, oh, I had a good run. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it became you become you realize your mortality more and more, and that's why I keep forgetting about my kids. They don't they don't see themselves as mortal. I, I remember that feeling uh, when I was younger. Just everything you felt like you were going to live no matter what, eat whatever, do whatever, and then you get. I don't. I couldn't even tell you what age. But it's probably after I had kids that I felt the most mortal. I'm like, I gotta be here for these guys. Holy cow! All right, now I'm gonna change some things. Don't underestimate that biological instinct. I mean, we all want to think that we're these kind of special, unique beings, but really, there are things inside of us that tell you to procreate, tell you to find a reliable spouse, try and find some kind of shelter and food for it, and then once you have these kids. A lot of people do grow up. It took a while for me, but I had to grow the hell up. I was like, wait a second. I don't, I don't want to be here. I want to be with my kids. And, uh, it's, you know, I, it doesn't happen for everybody, I think, but luckily for, for me and you, it's just like, yeah, once you have your kids, things, I think sometimes kids can cloud the picture for people. Uh, but for me, they help clear it up. Yeah. All right. Speaking of clearing up, I think that's about it for, for today. We gotta, we gotta wrap up. Yeah, man. Well, it was an absolute pleasure. Um, you don't have to shovel it all, right? Dude, no. no. <laughs> I'm a fancy black man. <laughs> Just the way. Oh, no, I know you went to that Super Bowl party. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've because a, I fit in. <laughs> I have a turtleneck on, Frank. I'm not. You do not don't you? Look at me. I'm I'm the one with the sweatshirt hoodie ish kind of thing, and you're the one with the with the frames and a, a turtleneck. You're at a Bryant Gumble party. That's what yeah. you're ready for. Oh, can you imagine the people that he has to go to parties with? I was at I a thought... Super Bowl party, and a young man came in. Really enjoyed him. Does a <laughs> podcast with Frank Caliendo. Uh, I'm only talking in short little phrases like Jason Witten on Monday Night Football. <laughs> Tony Romo's part. really good. Tony Romo's fantastic. He's uh, we got to save that for us. We can't get uh, we 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 we'll, we'll do a whole Super Bowl show. We got to do a whole Super Bowl show. I am with that. Do you want to do before or right after? Um, oh, it's got to be before with the build up, right? Yeah, I think we do it before. And then we, uh, we, we, we're going to have to talk about it afterward, too. I think we get on either Sunday night after the show or after the show, after the Super Bowl at some point uh, or Monday and do a wrap-up kind of thing and then get into our stuff. But I think uh, that definitely – but I, I, we should do something before, too. I would, I would think that's the smart move. We have to. 
All right. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, I don't know if we officially have that yet, but uh, alanfrank.com has all the information, how to sign up for anything that's all scenes us. That's not a sentence. Anything that has to do with <laughs> us. <laughs> Just, some broadcasters are really good at throwing out plugs. I'm not one of those people. Uh, but Alan Frank... Try to be serious.com or just alanfrank.com will bring you all the information, including Instagram, Facebook, uh, the podcast, which you're getting already. So if you're, I don't know, you must, have, you might be in a time loop or broken <laughs> the space time continuum. And if you have, congratulations. Yes, way to go. Your uh, flux capacitor is fluxing. <laughs> all right. Uh, that's it. We'll, uh, we'll talk again soon. All right, yeah, definitely. Now, let's shoot for Wednesday. Friendship. All right, love you, buddy. Love you.